Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is law professor Jennifer Taub. She's also the author of Big Dirty Money. She's all over the internet, all over Twitter with excellent legal analysis. I can't wait to talk to her, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash start me up check out all the tiers i do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads you can hear the free shows on tuesdays and thursdays and they're followed up by what's up a show just for patrons where i talk about anything that comes to mind it's a little more personal kind of like my online diary visit patreon.com slash start me up and don't forget you can find start me up on itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are found now please enjoy my conversation with jennifer taub Welcome back to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for having me back, Kimberly. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to have you back anyway, and then I saw that Adam Parkamenko suggested that everybody on Twitter follow you, and then you got like this unbelievable amount of new followers, which is totally, I'm so grateful because you are a great follow on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm glad that Adam did that, and then I was like, oh, that's a reminder get Jennifer back on the show. So you're here. <laughs> I am. No, it's good. I mean, I, he, I had no idea he was going to do that. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, overwhelming. So yeah. I felt that's, uh, I felt grateful. And uh, yeah. I've been trying to tweet up a storm. Um, <laughs> so they don't wonder why they're following me. Last night. Oh my, was it last night or the night before where you did Oh God, what's the guy's name? I can't think of the, you, you addressed some troll and you did this, the whole thread I want to talk about that a little bit just go over what you did what this guy said to you and your response your epic thread response well it's still ongoing but thank yeah. you yeah what <laughs> happened is it was on my mind that I needed to do something so that people wonder you know Adam here you know <laughs> put his neck out for me and I you know I, you know I mostly just put like dog photos and I had lunch and, no I'm gonna do some political stuff so I felt like you know I should do something um and so in response to Adam's telling people to follow me, what Adam had written is, you know, if you want to know about Trump's crimes, you know, consider following Jen Todd. And uh, this guy named Greg Tudor, <laughs> T-U-D-O-R, <laughs> said, and I'm going to read verbatim just out of respect uh, for his words, <laughs> said, um, tell us the crimes he has been convicted on, and then let's talk about Hillary's crimes and Joe's. And you can't really appreciate the grammar of that by my reading it aloud, but you can probably find it on Twitter. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people would either ignore that, yeah. um, have been paying attention to what's going on, or respond with some expletive. But I thought, you know, wow, kismet. Like Adam said, <laughs> you know, follow Jen, and what am I doing? You know, so yeah. I, I uh, quote tweeted it, and I said um, – Good evening, Mr. Tudor. How kind of you to ask. I'd be delighted to tell you about Donald's alleged criminal violations. Over the years, I've come to understand that if one student has a question, many others do as well. So let's use your prompt to enlighten all. Um, anyhow, and I, you know, did take a screenshot in case he dropped yeah. out of it. But uh, it's, you know, I'm using as a source. I'm not just making this up or right. just reading, you know, Wikipedia. I actually wrote a book about white collar crime, and there's a section on Donald Trump. So I spent some time explaining um, you know, you know, sort of parsing his question mm -hmm. because we all know that Donald Trump has not been convicted of any crime. Right. So I decided to answer kind of, kind of like 
this, the whole tweet begs the question of why hasn't he been charged? <laughs> and so I kind of go through what white collar crime is, the origin of the term, and all the kinds of tangle entanglements he's had with the law and with a bunch of shady characters and actual crimes that he's committed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I've been going through that and. Uh, it's been really interesting. Um, it's great. Turns thread. out people are, are interested. And then I don't know if you saw this morning. I, I uh, you know, by the way, I have a life. Believe it or not, you know, I have to like do things like do the dishes, teach yes. class, get my car fixed. So I'll stop and let people know that yes. I'm you know, doing life like things. Um, but this this morning, and speaking of living, you know, I do have to sleep. I am human. And this morning, I woke up, you know, and I knew I wasn't going to be starting right away, but I wanted to say, hey, I'm here, and I'll I'll be going and getting going soon. And I looked at the first, you know, in the, the tweet thread that I was just reading to, and instead of the, you know, Mr. Tudor's original tweet, Kimberly, it said the tweet is uh, from a suspended account, yes. right? <laughs> and I was like, well, what am I doing here? I mean, you know, Mr. Tudor is what brings us all together, right. and I had to break the news. And if you saw that, I said, good morning, I regret to inform you that your classmate, Mr. Greg Tudor, is no longer with us. Um, I don't have the details of his passing yet beyond this notice from Twitter that his account has been suspended. And I, and I didn't, you know, you're laughing, Kimberly, but I did caution against speaking ill of the freshly departed. Um, and uh, I'm glad you're with me, um, uh, you know, as I've been shaken by this sudden loss. Um, but we're going to soldier on, Kimberly, and it's going to continue. I owe it. I owe that to Greg. At this point. Oh, my God. That's so freaking awesome. That is so cool. And yes, I did notice too that he was suspended. I wonder why, but that is so funny. And, you know, um, people like We're you... only in the 1990s, though, right? It's going to take a while. <laughs> my gonna, husband said, Is he going to get indicted while. and convicted before you finish this? Probably. And I said, You know, inshallah. So. <laughs> well, and that's why, I mean, this is precisely why Adam suggested you because you help everyone understand what's going on. It's so important. I mean, I look at myself and I, I like to have people on like you because I've got my own sassy, sarcastic opinions and everything, but I'm not a law professor. And so I can't break it down the way you can. And so I'm glad that you're here because I have so many questions for you. And I think that thread was so, have they, well, they haven't done the, uh, the thread thing yet because you're not finished, right? Like nobody's called for the, um, what is Oh no, they call up? along the way. Yeah, oh, okay. Are, they want to wrap it up but it's not wrapping it's not, it's not right. wrapping it's got a long soon. time before you're going to be finished with trump's crimes oh my goodness yeah all right so the first question that i have for you uh, everybody's obviously focused on these stolen documents and before we get into it um you know trump is we're going to talk about that specific stolen document thing but trump is dealing with uh more than one investigation there's all kinds of things there's like the georgia the one six committee um and so I think right now the one six stuff has taken a bit of a back seat, but how do you think that that is going to play in the bigger picture that and uh, the Georgia investigation? And, and I, I know obviously more about the one six because I've been watching the committee, um, but I don't mm-hmm. know as much about Georgia. So I'm just, I guess my, like my bigger question is we've got these documents and that's, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but what, what about these other two things that are going on and how do you feel they're going to factor into a, what happens to Donald and also into the election? Oh yeah. It's amazing Kimberly that you remind us that there was an insurrection and attempt to overthrow <laughs> the a lawful transition of our democracy. And, that's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, it's like, you know, if you would liken what's going, these dramatic events that are real 
happening in real life in real time to you know a sitcom i mean there have been many spin-offs yeah right and it's hard <laughs> to even keep track i mean the see you know this just extend the metaphor you know the one six committee hearing season will should begin after labor day yeah um yeah but in all seriousness um you know i think that's really i think what's going on there um before the special committee is critical it's reached a critical point um they are now pulling together the two strands um of investigation and i'll describe those um and basically um trying to show that i think donald trump was i wouldn't like to use the word mastermind mm -hmm. but pulling the strings mm -hmm. he was you know the the toddler demanding everyone run around and accomplish what he wanted and the two strands are the sort of the sort of like you know the legal process to try to and i don't mean legal because it was unlawful mm -hmm. but a sort of legal process to like corrupt the system from within to try to get um, Mike Pence to throw out the votes, all the different the machinations behind that, including fake electors or including trying to get uh, Georgia um, to find votes. Right. He's trying mm -hmm. to throw into disarray any state or many states so that uh, Pence could throw this back to the state legislatures and thereby effectively securing Trump's victory. So that was one strand he was kind of you know, the toddler stamping his feet yeah. and demanding at the epicenter of that. And then the other strand is the actual violence. These things supported each other, the violence of the, and, you know, inviting the proud boys and others to stand back and stand by. Um, and those sort of two separate strands that the January 6th committee is investigating are starting to come together. And that's what we saw um, before Congress took a you know a, a summer break at the end of the summer. So yeah. I think um, it, you know it's it, I, and I think Cassidy Hutchinson is a real hero. She's the young woman who worked um, in the White House and really was the first person to come forward you know on the record in a public testimony to show how high up things went. And the most important thing, that Cassidy Hutchinson showed was that the violence wasn't a, oh my goodness, who, you know, we didn't know that, you know, this got out of hand, but the mm -hmm. violence was expected. Yeah. And nothing, you know, by um, the chief of staff, um, Mark Meadows, um, and that in, it arrived, he knew it was going to come. He didn't want to do anything about it because Trump didn't want to do anything about it. And so all that stuff is what Cassidy uh, brought to life. Um, and anyone who tried to discredit her testimony, including the you know folks in the Secret Service mm -hmm. who were saying she was lying when she said that she had heard an agent who was in the car, Secret Service agent, say that Trump tried to grab the steering wheel so that he could be brought down to the Capitol where the violence was happening after his speech at the Ellipse, and they were sort of muttering that she was lying. All none of those people are going to actually say that you know under oath because right. they're lying. And one yeah. of them today or yesterday just resigned from his position. Yes. So like, we're watching this all come together. And I think uh, more and more people are going to probably young women, but maybe some men will show that they actually have the cojones to <laughs> tell the truth and uh, full truth and nothing but the truth about what went down and what they knew of Donald Trump's role and what they, what he knew and when he knew it. Um, I think we need that truth. So do you think um, with the one six stuff that comes out,
uh, you know, I mean, obviously people want to see an indictment and we understand that that is very difficult to prove, um, inciting violence and all that. And as far as what we're seeing with Georgia and uh, with these stolen documents, do, do you like, how do I ask this question? The idea, is it going to be easier, I think, maybe to indict and prosecute Trump for things like, you know, stealing the documents or what's happening in Georgia than it would be to prove that he incited violence? Well, I just want to, let me just back up and just um, address what, what you're saying, which is it, it's not inciting violence necessarily that um, is the only charge that they would go after him for regarding mm-hmm. the insurrection. One of the most important things is um, uh, conspiracy against the United States, um, as well as obstructing a congressional proceeding. Um, And and I think you know that, and that this came up in, um, you know, in a case involving John Eastman saying that Trump was a co-conspirator. This is a civil case where the judge had to decide that there was, um, that it was more likely than not Um, that's higher than a probable cause standard, that it was more likely than not that Donald Trump did um, conspire against the United States and and did obstruct this proceeding, obstruct means attempting to, that he did that. And so that, you know, those things, yes, that's right there, but I completely agree with you that um, although anyone else in the world would have been indicted for those crimes Mm -hmm. already, um, it's going to be, I think, a lot easier to um, prove that the the various um, the various suspected suspected crimes involving the top secret and national security documents that um, Donald Trump uh, you know held on to, obstructed the return of you know and lied about, um, and it's going to be much easier because intent is going to be easier mm-hmm. to prove. I think there. You know, he literally yeah. wrote on some of the documents. Um, you know, there, there's there's a there's a lot more um, that would make it easy. And I think that we haven't even heard the half of it. So, right. Right. The the affidavit that we saw was just about getting having enough probable cause to execute a search warrant on its face. It even says we're not telling you everything. We're just mm-hmm. telling you what we need to tell you. You know, I have no question in my mind that there is worse evidence, everything from planned or actual transmission or sales of these national security documents mm-hmm. and that would be enough for these espionage charges what do you think of i mean there everybody seems to be wondering you know why didn't he make copies now maybe he did make copies what is like the reason why is he freaking out so much about getting these documents back is it just a matter of principle to him or is does don't you think he would have made copies i mean how does what's good I don't know what's going on. Can do you have any kind of an idea about that? Well, let's let's so here. Let's say, imagine for a moment. I wouldn't doubt that he made some sort of scans or copies or what have. Right. So, like, even if he has those, um, if he gives back um, some of the ones, if he gives back, um, then that might be um, admitting that they're not his anyway. Because remember, he's trying to. He doesn't want to be in trouble for espionage and he's getting confused about this presidential records act thing, but he's trying to claim they're all his. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to give them back. So there's nothing wrong with him kind of doing what he wants with them, I think, but I think it's possible. I mean, you asked this question. That I think so many of us wonder yeah. mixed in mixed in with these things that he kept, you know, whether it be the love letter from <laughs> Kim Jong-un 
or secrets that he thought he could hold over the head of Macron or, you know, the identities, uh, you know, the the sources and methods for um, people who worked uh, as agents for us in the CIA overseas, all of that stuff, you would think, you know, why does he need um, the, the originals of, of those? And it might be that mixed two things. One mixed in with that stuff might be stuff about him Mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to be given back. No, and no, also yeah. he might be claiming he may not have made copies and he might be wanting to blackmail people. Right. Um, also, you know, if there were handwritten notes on some of the things that um, he sent back mm-hmm. already, mm-hmm. there might be other kinds of notes on the things that they found. Also, if they show that he had a particular thing in his, let's say, let me give you an example. You know how back in October of 2021, suddenly we were losing all of these spies that we had abroad. They were disappearing or being killed. Let's say there's five of them, and we can show that there are five documents that were in his possession, and he had little notes on it, or they were all together. And then, you know, he had then we can show he had some kind of phone call or meeting with someone who came or came to visit at Mar-a-Lago, and then you know a month later those folks died. Mm -hmm. That's creating. That's you know that that's a paper trail. Now, I, yeah. I have no idea that any of that happened, but right. he knows why he wants to keep them. Yeah, and it's not there's no there's no legitimate reason other than um, it it would be worse for him to give those up because they would become evidence of crime. That's what I think. Wow, and lost and lost opportunities. Yeah, um, for sale. And do you think, okay, I mean, this is just a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. There are no dumb questions, <laughs> but I'll offer a dumb answer if you'd like. Well, I mean, the idea, and it's just hypothetical, but the idea of him not making copies. Um, it, if I were to be so stupid as to steal things like that, I would probably want to make copies. But I'm, I'm guessing that if he didn't, it's because he's gotten away with everything for the most part in his life. And he just didn't feel like he needed to. Do you think that could be part of it? I mean, it's possible that some things were scanned. I mean, remember, like, on your phone, you can scan documents, yes, right? I right. mean, um, you know, he's not the most organized <laughs> <No>. person <laughs> and he's awfully lazy. Um, and it's possible. I mean, one thing you raise invites another question which is there are all these people they said there's many several whatever numerous people who are witnesses right yeah maybe the witnesses were like people he hired to copy the documents for him interesting Huh. Or asked. I mean, he's not yeah. going to stand at a flipping no, copy machine <laughs> no. and change. I mean, can you imagine Trump like shaking the toner? <laughs> he can't even tie his fucking shoes. I Making mean, copies. I don't know. Maybe he can tie his own shoes, but you know what I'm saying. Maybe. Only maybe. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's true. He would. That's true. Oh, my God. I mean, this is it, I have to say just it feels kind of good because I always go back to that night in November 2016 when he was declared the winner. I was living in California, so I was three hours behind D.C., and I saw it happen, and I felt so sick to my stomach, as so many of us did. And now we're at the point in this, you know, um, I don't even, this, this drama, this tragedy, where finally the truth, some of the truth is coming out. We don't know all of it, but we can see that he's panicking. I mean, today we're seeing from Truth Social uh, I think, you know, a number of tweets that are 
basically panicking tweets. So he. Oh, what is he saying? I haven't caught up on that. He, well, all the stuff that you would. I, I just saw right before we started our chat, I think it was Aaron Rupar, and he did one of those tweets where it's like the a graphic that's uh, animated. And so it's going through oh, yeah. Truth Social. And it's just, you know, how he won and terrible things about Joe Biden and putting, you know, pictures of Joe Biden looking like some old decrepit dementia. Man. Just the all, he's panicking. And it's funny because yeah. I remember thinking, and I said this on Bob Sessions' show the other day, in 2017, I was under, I guess, the mistaken impression that he was kind of like a trapped animal, I think, when they announced the Mueller investigation and that he was, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like a trapped animal. I think I was absolutely wrong about that. I think he probably figured he was going to get away with it. Maybe he had some concern. But in this case, he is concerned. He's very concerned and he's asking people. I mean, there's stories coming out that he's asking people, am I going to get indicted? Do you think I'm going to be indicted? So. And, and he's, it's coming from all over the place. You know, again, it's there's one six. There's the Georgia thing. I mean, he was on the telephone. We've got him on recording asking for a specific number of votes. And then, you know, we, we've got this stuff here. And so he is kind of freaking out, which is dangerous for us uh, when you have like a, a wild type animal mentality. You never know exactly what he's going to do. Um, but I get, uh, this just leads me, Joyce Vance on Twitter said, are we finally getting close to the tipping point? And I know, I mean, well, I want to ask you that and then I'll ask the second part of the question. Do you think that we're coming close to the tipping point? Um, what's your definition? I guess maybe indictment, maybe indictment would be a tipping point. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's going to be indicted. I mean, the thing is. You know, I really love Ruth Ben-Giat, and she is mm-hmm. this expert on authoritarianism with the book Strongman. And, you know, she's said that in other countries after a failed coup, and this, of course, was an attempted self-coup but mm-hmm. that failed. But after a failed coup, those leaders just like, they, you know, those people leave the country, mm-hmm. right? They're not welcome anymore. You know, I think he'll be indicted. I think he'll be convicted. I think mm. it's very difficult to imagine him being incarcerated in a standard prison, you yeah. know, with all the security stuff and maybe it would be home confinement, but I would actually prefer him and his whole damn family just to go. Yes. Go some live somewhere else. Yeah. Go to Russia. Just you're not welcome here. Yeah. I don't care where they go. Yeah. Or him especially. He should he and Melania, they can leave the kid at home if he wants to have a nice life here, but they need to go. <laughs> um they need to go. They're not welcome here. And then yeah. let him bring all of his fanatic followers right. if they want to follow him to that country and go do that because <laughs> i don't want him here i'm i'm tired tired of all of this you know this circus yeah and i think we you said something are. about you know right after he was elected and we felt really sick and you know we knew the stuff that hillary had said about russia then comes december and, and we did get the steel uh dossier and i know there's some things in that are, that aren't accurate but some mm-hmm. of it is and the point is, we understood, and we know now today it was true that the meeting did happen in mm-hmm. Trump Tower, and Russia did help Donald Trump win. And we know they were, you know, the, the whole WikiLeaks thing all was about, you know, the GRU that broke into the servers, uh, the the uh, the Democratic National Committee and the campaign servers. We know that, mm-hmm. you know, but he lied about it, so it didn't happen. And by the time the truth comes out, it's like, yeah, well, we knew that, you know. So we know that now. But you and I knew mm-hmm. that we yes. believed it then. Yeah. And I knew what was coming was going to be awful. And that's why I'm doing this thread because, you know, I'd read David K. Johnson and now since then I've read all his sources and, and more things. And I knew 
this guy was a mobbed up, dangerous, narcissistic, mm-hmm. rapey idiot. Um, and my only hope after he was elected is I thought, well, you know, he won't really want to do the work. And they're going to put some standard annoying, but, you know, institutionalist Republicans right. in office. I was really afraid they were going to get the Supreme Court mm-hmm. they wanted and overturn Roe. So that turned out right. Yeah. I thought he was going to get us all killed. And Me I too. mean, if, yeah. yeah, I mean, if America had done better from the outset on um, COVID, we wouldn't have had those deaths. I right. mean, there's not much that I didn't think would happen. I think I was naive, though. I thought the Republicans would get sick of him hmm. and push him out after the midterms. And there, I kept thinking, so when you say, you know, are we reaching the tipping point? The biggest thing that we're never going to reach, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is unfortunately the Republicans in office right now don't want an off-ramp. Right. You know, they're either completely part of the cult or they're idiots or they're charlatans. Yeah. And that's that. Very, very true. You know, we have to take a quick break, but we're going to be back after this message. Hey there, it's Kimberly. If you'd like to support the Start Me Up podcast, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers. You can make your choice and you will have my undying gratitude. Thank you so much. Okay, we're back. Um, The the second part of the question that I was going to ask you, you've already answered it, but the idea like would going to jail because it's hard for me to imagine he's going to be convicted. I, of course, I want that. Um, and I do hope that that happens. They're just going to have to figure out because I don't feel like if he gets to sit in Mar-a-Lago all day on his computer, on his gold toilet in front of the buffet, I mean, is that really a punishment? So, I mean, it would be better to keep him off the streets, but if he's got the computer in front of him and he can talk to everybody, I think it would be better for him to go to some kind of facility. I agree with you. Yeah, just go away. Go out of our country and leave. Um, But I don't know how they're going to handle it. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm saying going into exile isn't like a thing that our criminal justice system is. Well, I mean, I mean, you could, I mean, I suppose, I mean, in theory, it could be part of a negotiation if the alternative is worse. But like, it's not something that's really traditional, I think. You just have to leave on its own. You know, I don't, I'm not an expert on that. But yeah, and I just think it's, I think that, um, you know, when someone's convicted, it's usually the, it's not the prosecutor, it's the Bureau of mm-hmm. Prisons who decides whether they'll be incarcerated. Right, but I right. can't imagine this wouldn't be a kind of different discussion mm-hmm. um, around, you know, around this kind of high profile yeah. convict uh, were he. And so, you know, I don't have, you know, I take this stuff step by step. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't know where we are headed next. And usually I can kind of envision things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think I'm envisioning that it would be, you know, unfortunately some kind of home confinement. I don't think right. always Mar-a-Lago though, because that's, you know, I think maybe it should have to be in New Jersey or something. <laughs> you are sentenced to New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think like, I don't think that's it's a good look to have someone be in a, right. at a resort I where know. the crime was committed. <laughs> exactly. You know. <laughs> Um, okay, so switching subjects a little bit. Last night, I don't know if you watched Lawrence O'Donnell last night. Who I love him um, because he he just is so good at trolling Trump. And so, I love Lawrence. Yes. He's so smart. He's got that background, yes. congressional background, so he knows how the uh, sausage is made. Yes, he does, and and he's uh, he's got that. Um, I don't know. He just got that look in his eye. You don't want to mess. You don't want to be on his bad side. And, and I absolutely love Lawrence. So he was just talking about all this Civil War talk, you know, Lindsey Graham and 
I can't, was it Josh Hawley? I don't know, whatever. They're all basically saying, if you go after Trump for this, there's going to be a civil war. So Lawrence's point was, look, that's not going to happen because, you know, they are a minority, his base, Trump's base particularly. They're spread out throughout the country. And so we're not going to see this big civil war that they're threatening. But my question to you is, Obviously, we have seen violence. We saw the, the Capitol was attacked. We've seen Gretchen attempts to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, um, you know, whether it's just, you know, individual attacks here and there. What do you anticipate once Trump is indicted? Because I think we can all agree Trump will be indicted. Uh, once that happens, do you have any kind of gut feeling on the reaction from the white supremacists and, and the domestic terrorist groups out there? I, um, look, I, this is one of these things where I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. I think it's awful, the threats. I mm-hmm. think they could act out on them. Um, we had, what is it, over, how many people died? Over a million people have died of COVID. Yeah. Are they going to, I mean, not wood, are they going to kill a million people? Yeah, no. I no. mean, I, I know that's a horrible thing to say, but. We don't have a country right. if we are held hostage yes. to people who um, want to kill us all if their leaders have to follow the law or mm-hmm. if they have to follow the law. That's not that, that's not a country. That's not right. a democracy. That's not any kind of system. That's ruled by the mob, mm-hmm. ruled by the mobsters. Um, it, you know, I don't believe in that kind of brute force. And if we don't stand up to it. Um, and use all the power, legal, legal authority that the government has to stem those kinds of insurrections, there's mm-hmm. no point in, in, in having a government. So, right. you know, I dare them, you know, they, they, I think that this time around, the FBI knows what it's doing. I'm sure they've infiltrated those groups. It's not going to yeah. be pretty for them right. when they begin. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I have a, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I think that we are going to see more violence no matter what because there are angry people. There are just people who have been brainwashed by Fox News, by AON, by Newsmax, Rush Limbaugh, you name it. Um, they're angry, and some of them are going to be violent. But I absolutely don't think we're going to have any kind of – at least <laughs> nothing like the 1800s. It's not going to be that kind of civil war, obviously. But the, I think the idea is – what you're just saying they want to make us and the doj feel intimidated so that we back off and that's just not going to happen so we're going to have to deal with whatever it is they feel they must do but at least with the democrats in office and a doj that's not run by a corrupt president i mean i know he's not running the doj but you know what i mean um i think we have a, a a chance at getting um making sure that they are under control if they do start coming out to the streets. I'm more concerned about information warfare yes. than yeah. the physical because we've been facing that information warfare. Yeah. We've been facing, you know, we have this wonderful opportunity with the de- democratization of information, the ability to express ourselves, to do podcasts, to what have you, but people need to get um, wiser about you know what sources to trust and yes. why the difference between a primary and a secondary source, how to use logical reasoning and things like that, mm-hmm. and I think will be a lot better. Um, but I'm encouraged, and also Democrats need to learn to 
say things as they are. And so I think that's good. I think saying, you know, I think Joe Biden um, standing up to protect a woman's right to choose mm-hmm. executive orders. I think his canceling um, a certain amount of student debt up to $20,000, as he promised on the campaign. I think the, you know, ju- you know, sort of leaning right into the dark Brandon mm-hmm. meme <laughs> and using that White House Twitter account. Yes. You know, yeah. it feels good to stand up, you know, and not be on our knees for once. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really, really does. I heard, too. That um, the, the the White House got a new social media director, and and it's a woman, and she was the one who did all those tweets to the um, hypocrites screaming about the student loan debt, and you know they got all the forgiveness on their PPP loans. So that was awesome, and more of that, please, because we love it. Um, but you did bring up the women, so I'm going to ask you, and here's the big question I have. This is my big thing okay so it isn't surprising that we've seen a massive uptick in young women registering as democrats young people specifically um because scotus killed roe um now there's other reasons why young people are coming to the democrats some it's guns um climate stuff like that um but the the big question that we have here is the house because the house can be gerrymandered the senate everybody's feeling real confident about that although don't get happy but you know, we're, we're feeling confident that we're going to be able to uh, get a bigger majority in the Senate. What is your take on the House? Do you think that because these new voters that are signing up as, as Democrats, they're not being polled and they're not being taken into account by the pollsters out there who are pundits out there who are trying to figure out what's going to happen. How do you feel about the House based on all of this? I, you know, I have not followed which seats are up. I mean, everything's up in the house, obviously. Yeah, I, right. I've not followed which seats are um, in jeopardy yeah. of going in one direction or another where there's not an incumbent and all those kinds of things mm-hmm. in the same way that I have looked at the Senate. Um, so I, I, I wish I were more educated on that. I'm, I, I'm just not, but I'm looking at the same kind of bellwethers other folks are. And, you know, like it, it's really about getting the vote out. You know, yeah. we know the magic formula and that magic formula is quite simply, you know, democracy. If people vote, and especially as you mentioned, people can, you know, women and others who are concerned about reproductive freedom, about deciding when you want to have a family, if you mm-hmm. want to have a family, if you want to have an abortion, there could be nothing more of a kitchen table issue than how many family members are going to be sitting around your kitchen table. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just fundamental. There's nothing, you know, it's it's tyranny to have the state control doctors and control women's bodies and people are waking up to that and you know the post Dobbs world immediately everything changed Mm -hmm. and we're seeing it you know that way and so I you know I'm just hopeful um, that folks understand what every single Republican has you know wants to do because uh, where they're voting they're not voting to protect birth control when there was an opportunity to put Mm -hmm. that into law they're not um, they're not going to support a woman's right to choose. Um, they're going to roll back, um, you know, gay marriage, you know, mm-hmm. and more. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, it just, you, the dystopia is right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And the way, you know, to stop it, to, you know, the way to stop it from happening, to keep, you know, to keep us in a happy, you know, space, to keep us free mm-hmm. is to vote for Democrats at this point and then get the protections in place that we need at the Mm -hmm. federal level so people who are vulnerable and individual states have freedom too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it is, it is the scary part of the election is the house for me, but I also do feel hopeful because like I said, you know, the, the people who are signing up are not included in all of the pollsters, uh, predictions. So I guess we're just going to find out in November and we, Kansas showed us how serious this is. I'm not surprised. I mean, I was surprised and not surprised, but it's, it's not surprising because I knew. I mean, I was always saying it's not that I wanted them to strike Roe down. Of course I didn't, but I figured if, if they just let the states take care of it and they can get rid of it quietly, that's going to it – it, it was going to benefit Democrats to make this big announcement of Roe is dead in order to wake everybody up because they had already basically been taking yes. away – um, with all these trap laws and everything, abortion yes. clinics. So it was going away anyway. It was just going away real quiet, very quietly. Maybe it might get a, a you know a comment on the news here and there, but it wasn't waking young women up. And this woke young women up, and not just young women, young men who don't want to be fathers and all this stuff. They're part of this too. So uh, I you know I, I am hopeful, cautiously. Uh, the house. I mean I I am. It's become it used to be where I was all excited to watch you know the um whether you know what i usually watch msnbc but to watch i can't remember the guy's name now his name is escaping me the guy who always breaks down the election uh, breaks down election night and um i was always like oh it's now <laughs> when ever since trump it just i get stomach aches on election night and i remember last midterm it was I, I can't remember his name either, but I'll remember it in a second. The one, who, the, the Clinton guy who said it's the economy, stupid. Um, Serpent Head, his wife calls him, from Louisiana. Anyway, he predicted on the night of the 2018 midterms that the Republicans were going to win. And I was like, I was so upset. I was so devastated. I'm really grateful he was wrong. So, yeah, um, James Carville. James Carville. Yes, um, thank you. Yes, and his wife, uh, he, he was right, the Democrat, and his wife was it Mar mm -hmm. uh, Mary Matlin or something? She was yes. a Republican. They used to be these pundits. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, in fact. Yeah, I mean, he was wrong. I mean, the thing is, the trouble is when people are re repeatedly wrong. I mean, he might be a nice guy, but, like, right. you know, sometimes <laughs> he uses a sort of doom and gloom. Yes, and he does. Grumpy attitude to yeah. try to convince Democrats they should move center you know, and there's a lot of men who are like center, right, <laughs> blah, blah. They're like, they're speaking in abstract terms. Yeah. You know, no one cared, and they should have about the, the millions and upon millions of women who showed up at the Women's March. They just ignored us. Yes. And, you know, this isn't, you know, abortion isn't, shouldn't be a right or left issue. Abortion mm -hmm. is a human rights issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and, and so many women who consider themselves Republicans, even those who voted for Trump, if you can believe it. <laughs> Are pro-choice, mm -hmm. you know, and if they'd only listened to women, we could have, you know, would have, life would have been a lot easier a long time ago. We could, you know, we would have Hillary. Well, and if Hillary had been in office, actually, I probably would have tried to impeach her. Yes, of course they would but, have. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's really important that we not shy away from saying that people should have the right to choose yeah. abortion. Um, Absolutely, that's you know, that's a fact. That's a fact. We shouldn't shy away from it, and that they're trying to take that away, and also birth control. And it's part of a a um, extreme religious agenda. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it violates freedom of religion for many people, including myself, being Jewish. That because part of our tradition right. is, for example, if a woman is dying in childbirth, you have to save the woman, mm -hmm. and they would not allow that. It, it also in pregnancy, abortions um, under Jewish law are required if a woman's life 
or health is jeopardized. Right. And I just don't, I just don't understand how how religious persecution mm-hmm. um, is is allowed in, in this way because that's what they're interfering mm-hmm. with as a, as a medical, mm-hmm. you know, you know, sort of medical excellence is being interfered with. That's such a perfect point, and that's a perfect way to say it. Uh, the persecution. Wow. Um, all right, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but I just I want to see what you think about this um, before we wrap things up. So let's just say we get what we want. The Democrats get a bigger majority, then they're able to pass the voting rights bills. Once those bills are passed, how do you feel about elections? I mean, okay, I don't know if Ron DeSantis is going to be the nominee. Whoever is going to be the GOP nominee is going to probably be a really bad person, anti-democratic, anti-liberal type person. Um, and I think right now, if if we are, you know, like for, now, for instance, if, if the Republicans win in the House and they're able to install electors who will just basically choose who the president is, no matter what the actual votes say, that's one thing. But let's just say, you know, we've got the voting rights bills passed. How much more secure do you feel going into 2024 um, you know, no matter who, the, even, if, even if the nominee is Trump or DeSantis or someone just as awful, do you feel safer? I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to feel fully secure unless we have a Supreme Court hmm. um, that hasn't been stacked um, and stopped with people by, you know, Donald Trump, who, you know, essentially lied under oath and overturned Roe v. Wade. And mm-hmm. I'm concerned because if you get the federal voting rights protection, you still can have states attempting right. to do point. things that yeah. violate it. And then there have to be court cases. And those mm-hmm. cases may go up to the Supreme Court and, and so on and so on. Wow. Um, so we really do need to expand the court. There mm-hmm. are only nine justices that used to align with how many federal circuits there are where appeals are heard from the federal trial courts mm-hmm. across the country. You know, every state has um, at least one federal district court and some have several more mm-hmm. and those appeals go up, you know, especially when it involves federal law, they can hear other kinds of cases, but when things involve federal law or the U.S. Constitution, those go up to nine, you know, there's, um, there were once nine circuits. Well, now there are a total of 13 when you include um, the D.C. circuit as well as um, the federal circuit and um, you know, I don't know why it makes sense not to just yeah. have 13. And to be honest about the gamesmanship, well, first of all, let me just put out, point out to listeners who I'm sure know, um, Congress is the one who establishes how many justices are on the Supreme Court. The Constitution doesn't say mm-hmm. how many there should be. Um, and it's Congress who has changed that over the years. And I just think that that needs to happen, too, uh, because this particular Supreme Court is overturning, in addition to stripping away rights that we've had for, uh, you know, more than a generation, they're also overturning um, legislation, yeah. to, you know, lawfully enacted. They're very anti-democratic, and I think it makes sense for to put in more justices and to have Biden um, and his Senate con- confirm them. Um, and, you know, if in the case people say, well, then what's going to happen if, Republicans get into power. Won't they add more of their own? And they will because the, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court, those justices are a political body. Yeah. They're not, you know, the idea that there's some kind of oracles that just whisper into a cave 
um, or that, that they whisper to you know that we whisper to them like they're a bunch of oracles and they come out with some sort of mystic answer is nonsense. Mm-hmm. They're reading they're reading language and interpreting it um, based on precedent. And when they don't like the precedent, as we see, mm-hmm. they ignore it for yeah. political reasons. So if they're going to be a political body, let's just admit that. Good point. And that's such a good point that you make about the fact that it's not just about the bills that it. Oh God. Just more things to be worried. But you're right. I hope they do it. I hope we win. And I hope Biden does that. Please, Biden, do that. Um, Okay, so here's my last question for you. What do we have to be hopeful about? We have the future to be hopeful about because there's a great mystery ahead for us. You know, outside, you know, politics affects all of our lives in so many ways, like, Mm -hmm. for example, freedom to choose, um, whether the tax system is fair, because that affects how our schools are and how our roads are and so on. But we have so much more in our lives than that, right? Mm-hmm. We have our family, our mm-hmm. friends, new babies in our lives. We have watching a student, for me, when I'm teaching, watching them figure something out for the first time. And then later in life, when they're successful, writing back, or when they're struggling, helping them yeah. out. Or when I'm struggling, a friend reaching out to me, or watching a great movie, hmm. or looking at flowers, or yeah. a nice meal. I mean, there's so much to look forward to. I mean, I know you and I, and a lot of us who talk politics, People may think that's all we do all day, (laughs) but I, you know, there's so much to be joyful about and you can be joyful and you can be vigilant at the same time. It's like, you know, it's like if you were surviving because you had to keep a fire going Mm -hmm. It's someone's job to keep their eye on the fire, but someone else is going to choreograph a dance. Someone else is going to, you know, put up the tent so you can, you know, camp Mm -hmm. out that night, you know, Mm -hmm. it's okay to have someone and it might be you be vigilant but always be vigilant and then always find a place for joy that's excellent advice i try to do i do try to do that and find the fun you know around the news but that's an excellent point and i love talking to you i love your point of view you're fun you you make law fun and that's really important so you've got a good sense of humor and obviously you're really smart and you have those epic threads so <laughs> <laughs> you're so nice well i adore you right Aww. back at you maybe one day we'll meet in real life somewhere yes we're gonna have to do that i'm definitely afraid to do I, i'm so excited though because the new vaccines coming out i i think tomorrow they're going to announce that Ooh. it's i think they're going to announce that it's been okayed or something and then it's just, I don't know when they said those vaccines will actually be available to the public, but I think it will be around Labor Day, so fingers crossed. But anyway, it's just a joy to talk to you, but before I let you go, tell everybody where to find you. You can usually find me on Twitter. It's at Jen Taub, J-E-N-T-A-U-B. Awesome. All right, well, um, you can find me, author Kimberly, L-E-Y, extra E at the end of my name. Jen, it's always nice talking to you, and I'm sure we will talk again. Thanks so much, Kimberly. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.